Well, he was always. <laughs> well, I don't know. Jackie Chan always had a, has a special place in my heart because he is silly, but also physically like his his prowess on screen is is pretty amazing. Like, mm-hmm. um, he brings that like Buster Keaton energy to these wild action scenarios. Like, Legend of the Drunken Master is pretty awesome. Like the way that he shot that movie because i think he directed uh, not drunken master the first one like from the 70s or 80s, yeah, yeah, 70s. He, i think he directed the legend of the drunken master I that think was you and wu ping directed both but he might have just in the fight choreography on the second okay then maybe that's what i'm thinking of but, but it's it's it ups the ante quite a bit you and wu ping rule so hard too just like you and mcgregor yeah Oh shit! That's a good transition. Yeah. To. Uh... Welcome back to Jackie Chan Hot Minute with Paco, <laughs> Evan, and Jason. You're in the hot pan. You're um, in the hot pan. Oh man, Jackie Chan's hot pan. Jackie, Jackie Chan's hot pan. Okay. Uh, trademark. <laughs> trademark Cinemeca. Well, are we recording? If we're not, then we don't. Oh, we are. Okay, then yeah, trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Volgara Tours, where we discuss the oeuvres of different directors of genre cinema. This is part of our series on the films of Michael Bay. Today we're talking about The Island. I'm Paco McCullough. I'm Jason Haskins. And with us, as always, is producer Evan. Hello. And you, dear listener, or a sadist if you've been with us this far as we're now into Michael Bay's 2005 film The Island starring Ewan McGregor Scarlett Johansson Neelix from Star Trek Voyager Steve Buscemi as a a booze peddler and Sean Bean Sean Bean Shimon Honsu Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. There's some good... Great actor. Come on. Blood Diamond? Jeez. It's funny. That's exactly what uh, I was thinking the other day. Is like, he's another one of those great character actors that yeah. I just... I'll watch him in anything. Especially in this movie, too. No, I would watch him in anything else. But the Island is a strange one. You know, I, I've been internally... Um, uh, you know, ranking my experience with Michael Bay movies so far, mm-hmm. as we're pretty much ten years into his career at this point, um, between Bad Boys and The Island, uh, or at least his uh, film career, not not counting his the music commercials, videos, yeah. music videos. That's a separate podcast we're doing afterwards. That's the apocryphal, um, you know, uh, Lionel Richie collection of music videos, things like that. Um, but this is kind of one that, on my ranking list, it was more of a meh. Like I didn't, I didn't not like it, but I also didn't care. Like it just is a weird neutral movie that I'm not. I, I don't feel anything about. This is the least effective of his movies. Hmm. So? I didn't feel anything. It was hard to keep my eyes on the screen. I was so bored. Oh, but Ewan um, McGregor is three, and Scarlett <laughs> Johansson's four, and oh, they like doing the tongue thing, and they're little baby clones, and they're learning how to, how to kiss, and they're they're the baby. Ewan McGregor's three. Mm-hmm. I, I I will me, say me, me. they do a good job, 
or at least Ewan McGregor does a really good job of playing that sort of kid-like character when you're first introduced to Steve Buscemi's character. Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor's like asking, you know, stuff like, what's that? What's this? Oh, what's God? Because he's he's three years old. He, mm-hmm. they, he's in a fully grown adult, but with a three-year-old brain, essentially. Um, but I do love Steve Buscemi's line of like, you know when you close your eyes and you wish real hard for something... Well, God's the guy that ignores your wish. Yeah. <laughs> like paraphrasing, but I was like, oh. Yeah, that was the one good line that. in the movie. Yeah, it's the only good line in the movie. I knew we I were in it. trouble. Evan and I watched this together, and uh, as the credits were rolling, it, I saw it was written by Kurtzman wow. and Orchie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, that was a huge <laughs> indicator of what the possibilities of this movie were going to be. And mm-hmm. they uh, went right with my expectations of, like, I don't think this is as heinous, uh, again, using the H word as as I do. Yep. Um, this isn't as bad as some of their later work, but gosh, this is such a mixed bag of all of these influences from THX 1138 with, like, the set designs and, like, the the sterile themes they're trying to go for with these Puma outfits Along with like, uh, you know, the cloning stuff from the Sixth Day. Do you remember that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, along with like the village, almost where, okay, these characters all think that something's going on, but oh, it's a big reveal that really they're being held in an underground bunker and being harvested for their well, organs. That's also, kind of Logan's Runny. Exactly. Well, this movie, I think. Um, is a remake of Logan's Run through a different lens, and I feel like they were sued at some point um, by the original screenwriters of Logan's Run for ripping off huge parts of that movie. And I don't think it's like a direct, you know, link to that movie in particular. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there was some sort of copyright infringement um, on behalf of Michael Bay and uh, Orts, uh, Ortsman and Ortsman and Kurtzman or Orky Orchi or Orky Orzo and um, this one I think is an interesting one because it's so neutral it's unremarkable like the the so going backwards uh, the plot of the movie is Ewan McGregor is friends with Scarlett Johansson. They live in a type of utopia um, where they're just awaiting to be ascended to the island, which is like heaven. Like there, there's lotteries that take place, and people who are selected um, get to ascend to a better living arrangement, and they get all their their dreams come true. And they spend a lot of time building on this idea that that's all anyone wants to do, and. It takes up about 30 minutes of the movie, where mm-hmm. by minute five, everyone over the age of eight years old is like, okay, we get it. It's not what it seems. Like, let's but there come was, on, hurry up. There were some interesting um, moments, too. Like, you know, um, there's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I actually hate, I hate a lot of this. Like, so everyone in their society wears these Puma outfits, and you're wondering, okay, why would there be branded puma if everyone wears the same thing like why would why would they have the need for a brand mm-hmm. um but then the the people in the society who are like the authoritarians wear black puma tracksuits um and uh, the individuals who live uh, there in this utopia they can't 
touch each other. They can't, you know, there's proximity warnings where they can't get too close. Um, they have to be on certain diets. Like if they, you know, as there's a part where Ian McGregor is peeing and they're like the computer is telling him what is going on with the nutrients that are voiding his system. I felt like parts of that were sort of interesting where I was like, okay, this is, he goes to a bar um, and meets Scarlett Johansson who I thought they were more of like friends than anything. Like I didn't think there was a romantic angle there until halfway through the movie when it turned a little romantic. Um, I don't know. I always felt like there was some romantic tension there I, I d- agreed I, I think in the <clears throat> only in the sense where uh, even Ewan McGregor's character later mentions like oh no we're just best friends it's still we're babies uh, yeah we're, <laughs> we're babies I don't I'm know echo what love the sex is uh, <laughs> please tell me what oh that tongue but but we're um, all wearing diapers I, right now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, we are also all three years old. <laughs> we, we. This is why we identify with the characters so easily. Yeah, because yeah, these characters are so, you know, you could anybody can identify with them. But when it comes to the love situation, I just, I just immediately assumed that that was a thing because the way that I, I view the movie is that it's so cliche in so many levels that regardless of how they interact with uh, regardless of how Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson's characters interact with each other Mm -hmm. you just know they're going to get together because I I went into the movie being like it's a Michael Bay film and half hour through the movie I'm like this is sort of poorly poorly structured and the dynamics between everybody are kind of crappy as well so I just know Regardless of how they interact, they're supposed to be a love couple. It's it, They're easily throwing it out to those kind of a situation where they're treating the audience like idiots. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, That's these are two pretty theme. white people. You know they're going to get together, regardless of them being best friends. It would be would have been a lot cooler if they didn't. And it still kept it as like a thing where, you know, Ewan McGregor's actual um, life insurance buyer you know said all the things about like oh man you haven't had sex before you gotta fuck her you walk around with that piece of ass right there mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it's more scottish yeah. but um, it's a little classier because it's european yeah exactly yeah. you're walking around with that piece of ass right there <laughs> um but that even gosh. after saying that it actually so happens that the characters themselves don't get into a romantic situation it would have been, I think, a lot cooler. It wouldn't have made the better the movie any better, but it still would have been at least a little bit more, I don't know, respectable in that situation. But of course, mm-hmm. as soon as you see them on screen, and from what I've seen from the trailers of the movie too, you just know they're supposed to be love interests. They run away together, Logan's Run style. Um, that it was going to happen. Regardless. So I, I guess I, I just saw it that way. I just knew from the minute one that there were going to be love interests. Yeah. I guess we should say for all the fortunate people who have not seen this movie, what it is. Uh, it turns out they're not living in a utopian society. They're all clones of people who are alive. And, uh, they are just there to have their organs harvested as needed. The people aren't aware that their clones are walking around. They're told it's just organs kind of grown in a vat, which brings me to 
and that's what they escaped from and tried to bring attention to. But it brings me to the most annoying issue I had with the movie. Uh, at one point, fairly early on, we see how they give birth to one of these clones. Mm-hmm. They keep it in kind of like an artificial amniotic sac, and it has an umbilical cord and seems to be functioning on its own. Which kind of looks like a xenomorph uh, tail from Alien mixed with a Matrix pod. Yeah. yeah. But it's a fully grown adult with the fully grown organ. But they're babies. Why do you need to take it out of the bag? Just let it stay in the bag and cut it up when you need the shit. Like, you're investing in security personnel and, like, cafeteria workers. All this shit you don't need and creating this horrific humanitarian crisis because you're creating all these conscious people but then, but when then if you... you never give them consciousness i don't think it's really an issue they can't escape they can't destroy your business and you're saving on manpower i don't know this is a subject for alabama to take care of <laughs> yeah. but there there wouldn't be a movie there if you made that happen uh there would be a movie there if they acknowledged that and explained why they were working around that. But then, but then why we would not get the Aquafina brand placement, mm-hmm. the Amtrak brand placement, the uh, wild scene of Ewan McGregor beating up Scarlett Johansson on an like Xbox virtual reality game, that was, which kind of was shocking. Like there, it quick cuts to like Ewan McGregor just punching Scarlett Johansson in the face. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what, what's I, going on? I mean, he is Scottish. That is, well, <laughs> allegedly. Um, <laughs> um, th- this movie, I think its biggest sin is that it is just so unremarkable. Like, it's clear that Michael Bay is out of his element completely in the science fiction realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were speaking earlier off mic about how the way that it's shot, like the color saturation is off, the, the color correction's off. Um, the spray on tans look really weird offset against the like stark whiteness of their outfits until they get to, you know, the above ground part and then their track suits are dirty and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But um, he's just, this doesn't feel like the same director as um, the earlier parts of you know, Bad Boys 2 and The Raw, I mentioned the two ones that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a, a big car chase sequence with that, like, horn or the wasp vehicle that was, that reminded me of what they would do with, you know, The Dark Knight Rises with the Batwing and stuff. But it's so. It's bad. It's the, not the special dynamic. effects. Well, the special effects are so dated that it was embarrassing how superimposed they looked. Um, the And that's the thing. This is the first one where you can tell. He went from almost all practical to kind of given the nature of it being sci-fi, <laughs> the cat's pooping. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say the big elephant in the room is yeah. uh, Lux, my cat, is making a uh, her first appearance on our podcast. Uh, she is pooping uh, right when Paco was talking about... Um, Michael Bay, and for a reason. Um, and to cleaning her paws. So yeah, I, um, she's also paws. super cute. Yeah, yeah, she's a good cat. What I was saying is Michael Bay's not working with physical... Uh, he's... Luxie, you got it. Luxie, you <laughs> yeah. got it. Hey, 
Come here. <laughs> she's got to do what you got to do. She's just wiping the side. She's got to clean her paw. Mux, get, get out of here. Um, have you, you no shame? You don't want shit on your hand. That's well. <laughs> I, to be honest, I do the same thing. Yeah. You know, after I'm done, I just uh, Maddie finds me clawing at the wall. You know, just making sure. I just want to make sure there's no residue. Come here. Um, All right, but yeah, uh, he doesn't really know how to work with the CGI effects in a way that is in any way engaging. Because part of what makes things exciting is recognizing that they're real. And the brain just can automatically tell CG and just doesn't care. So this was the first real action set piece in his movies that I was completely tuned out for. Yeah, you know, in the last movie, Bad Boys 2, which also I think a bulk of Michael Bay's movies from Bad Boys 2 onward are just freeway chase scenes. Mm -hmm. Like in the only thing I can remember from the Transformers movie is a free... I think there's a bunch of freeway chase scenes of trucks well, they are turning trucks. into cars. Yeah. Trucks turning into cars. That's the best kind of Transformers movie. Okay. Um, but, movie about uh, automobiles. But I, they should have some freeways. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I think you're right, though. Like, this... Bad Boys 2 kind of fool, it flirted with the idea of, okay, let's shoot things practically, but sort of addend them with uh, some special effects to sort of hide some edits or to make it more engaging. I mean, it was sort of the beginnings of an onslaught of a new era of action movies mm -hmm. and here it's just kind of like michael bay realized hey cool we can do this with special effects why would i hire a bunch of people to do these choreographed sequences and um close off the miami not the miami expressway but that mm -hmm. famous bridge that i think they closed for a week and forced uh you know people to drive like 15 miles around to get to the other side of the bay uh, Michael Bay, uh, yeah. of course, of course, he's an asshole to do that, but allegedly. Um, but <laughs> but I feel like this was the movie where he was like, oh, cool, now I can do less work as a filmmaker when I can hire out to get them to have a green screen, get Ewan McGregor and what's her face. You know, I'm talking as Michael Bay, giddy as dis disregard for women. Yeah. Sorry, that was a What's dumb, that was a dry joke. Um, but I feel like that was the the first, the, the beginning of the end of his sort of interesting era of his career. It was just so unrelentingly boring, and I think I would rather have a film make me mad because then at least I'm feeling something. The first Bad Boys I hated. It made me mad. The mad Islands. Boys. Yeah. You were a mad yeah. boy. I was a mad boy. <laughs> you were mad, mad boy, baby. mad boy. You were mad made me move. Uh, but the island is just so unrelentingly boring every minute. Like, good actors, reasonable action, nothing can save it. And part of that is... He never works with great scripts, but the script was so rote and predictable every step of the way. The action was so bland and uncompelling. I can't think of any action scene aside from the Hornet or whatever, the, the stupid black wasp. like. The one good moment in the movie is when Scarlett Johansson used a nail gun to like oh, nail yeah, that guy's that was, hand to the door. And it, was, cool. it was like a quick, easy, you did not have to do a huge action set piece to do that. And that was yeah. the coolest. A point you made when we were watching it, Paco, I think is a really good point. 
for a movie like this, most you know all of uh, Michael Bay's films up to this point have been set in in modern times. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't had to really use a lot of special effects to recreate the world around where they are. Mm-hmm. With and Pearl Harbor it, being the exception. Like, yes, exactly. Uh, that's the only that's exception. Yeah, good yeah. point. Um, in this case, uh, you said, particularly in that scene where they're in Lincoln's car, like his super fancy nice car, he's got a gun to Ewan McGregor's head, and he's like, come on, stop, pull over, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot of tight shots. It's not very many wide shots because the wide shots would have to incorporate using special effects and CGI to make the world around them yeah. the futuristic area. So they're on totally. a freeway at one point, and then all of a sudden they're like on a dirt road going into a warehouse somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you never know what's going on. Yeah. You... And- you don't know you have no spatial awareness part of what makes the freeway chase and bad boys 2 so good is you'll get these wide shots from a plane or a helicopter where you see the truck going down the road and you see oh shit there's a lot of people on this highway and you see they're gonna start throwing the cars off and like those things those wide shots are so crucial for your spatial awareness. Oh, come on. There's a bunch of spatial awareness when, like, they get out of the underground and then they have those, like, Lord of the Rings type I shots of swirling and yeah, then the, the choir, shot. the kids' choir going ape shit uh, <laughs> while it just the helicopter circles around this landscape. When it's just a bunch of dunes. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but, but uh, yeah. But it just. I don't know. Th- uh, there was one moment that I kind of liked. Um, where I felt like it was futuristic but familiar, where um, I think he places or no he's okay I guess this isn't this is kind of ridiculous but he plays he uh, does an MSN search for uh, Lincoln and it shows like these trains overhead and it shows like oh this is a futuristic looking bus sign or something like mm-hmm. it was really subtle it wasn't like the fifth element where there was all these cars you know that were zooming by and it it was world building in a in a on a smaller scale but that was the only time i can think of where i was like okay cool this is like futuristic and i i appreciated it doing the subtle thing but then that's that's all there was Mm -hmm. and i think that um just like what you said evan it would diminish um things if they had to uh, zoom out of their special Cadillac, futuristic Cadillac and actually show the world that they're trying to create when really it's just showcasing this ridiculous Cadillac which that's not even the first um, similarity I would mention or reference to Minority Report like the, I don't know if you caught like, uh, have you guys seen Minority Report the Steven Spielberg? Not in a while um, that's one of my favorite uh, Steven Spielberg movies because it's kind of a weird, like it's a little bit weirder than um, some of his work prior and, uh, you know, more recently. In comparison to AI, that one's pretty weird. AI is a little weird, but I think that's also a holdover of Stanley Kubrick's influence too. And then, and then Steven Spielberg being way over his head going, okay, how the fuck do I bring this home? And it, 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 that has a, that's kind of a a weird one for sure. But yeah, Yeah, but it's Um, great. Yeah. But but, one, but 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 this one like the beginning the opening kind of remind me of like the the precogs you know the the precognition you know uh, people that were in the water and then you know Christopher Plummer being the bad guy and like all these like flash forwards like because Ewan McGregor is having these like flashbacks or visions and 
uh, Sean Bean puts these like nanobot thing, uh, roly polies into his eyeballs and stuff. There was all these like weird moments where I was like, this is kind of like Minority Report. And then the, the, the futuristic Cadillac reminded me of, I think there was like a futuristic looking, um, Audi in, uh, Minority Report. Mm -hmm. And then I, I remembered that DreamWorks, the, the logo flashed before this movie that it was produced by Steven Spielberg's company. And, um, you know, this is before their uh, relationship with the Transformers franchise between Steven Spielberg and Michael Bay. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the last film that Bruckheimer worked with Bay on, unless the last movie was Bad Boys 2. Um, I'm trying to remember. I feel like... Because I feel like there were some Bruckheimer-y parts in this one, or no? Bruckheimer is not uh, part of the team on this one. Then that's... It's kind of an interesting... Uh, vacancy because I kind of think that that's where this movie falls flat where Bruckheimer for better and worse makes movies that are pretty spectacular like there's there's always some kind of over-the-top you know antic uh, to them mm-hmm. and this one kind of flatline like um, there was no st- like stakes where I was like really excited or I was wondering what was going to happen next it just kind of flatlined the whole movie and I think that's one of the worst type of movies where I'd rather it be shitty because then you can at least call attention to it but if it's just like maintains this even-keeled approach there's really nothing remarkable about it that I would recommend to someone or that I'll remember like I watched this two days ago and I wrote half a page of notes and they were all mostly stupid you know shit like just stupid things jokes that I would write down. Stuff, yeah. no, no, not even jokes. I'm not even that clever. I was more of like Michael Clark Duncan, period. <laughs> like that's, I mean, I was just like... It's just, probably the best part of the movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, that, that was one of the cooler parts. Um, even Roger Ebert mentioned... He's did like, he really? Yeah, he was like, I commend everybody on the cast, but most importantly, as he kind of notes here, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, who's only in it for like four scenes... But he sells it. Well, just yeah, like and he just, creates the horror of well, it. Well, just like Armageddon, Michael Clark Duncan stole that whole movie for me. Uh, but he's, so he's great. Michael Clark Duncan's great. Rip. Um, <laughs> but uh, this movie just like it's just it's not. It doesn't even feel like a sci-fi movie. Like it doesn't do anything that's interesting or has a bunch of value for being a movie that. Um, its budget is $126 million. The box office gross was 162, almost 163. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not accounting for a bunch of other, you know, stuff attached. But it, it doesn't feel that expensive. Like it just Well, it feels like no one was really trying. Uh Ewan McGregor like is kind of an exception. Like I kind of yeah. I thought that he was for being the main character that you followed around through his perspective, I I I really enjoyed what he had to work with because he, I can only imagine the script. The being, cast all do a pretty they good work. job, but I'm thinking like the production design, the direction, all of that's so flat. Uh, there's a scene where they're on like a logo on a building that's <laughs> In being. R shot off and they're gonna fall off the building yeah and the music is so laid back it it should just be like conversation music when they're talking it's this huge dramatic moment and the music is like fucking Sufjan Stevens man uh <laughs> I 
that was the moment where I was just like, no one knew what they were doing on this movie, and it shows. Well, I was thinking um, of the underage sex scene between the three-year-old and a four-year-old between Scarlett Johansson and Hugh McGregor of the ramifications that would come from that. How old do you think Scarlett Johansson was when they made this movie? I think this was after... Um, I was going to say Girl Interrupted, um, but this was after the Sofia Coppola movie Lost in Translation Translation, by Mm -hmm. a couple of years at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing she was like early 20s, maybe maybe 21 or 22. She would have been 19 or 20 when they were filming it. You know, she does look like a child, like she has kind of like a rounder face Mm -hmm. that I almost didn't recognize her at first. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for there's another product placement uh, point where she discovers that you know she's really a model which of course is like oh that sucks that happens on discovering you're really a model or a clone <laughs> yeah. of a model but it's like a calvin Klein, no not a calvin klein ad I, it's like it's like it. but it was it's a like real a perfume ad. it was actually like a oh, real okay. ad that she did that random that Damn. not randomly but was assigned to this movie too mm-hmm. um but i was like gosh i don't even recognize her because I I know her work more later in her career, and she has just a different sort of like Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. She aged in a way that was that's really interesting. Like she looks dramatically different. Like you could watch Under the Skin, which is this underrated sci-fi movie that came out maybe what, five years ago. five years ago, yeah, so and then watch this, and she really is not. She doesn't look alike at all. Arguably, um, she ages majestically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she looks she looks amazing. She looked really well. young here, and I was like, "Gosh, Ewan McGregor must have been in his 40s. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those where you don't want to do the math. Yeah. <laughs> Who does? Yeah. All right. So because I knew I wouldn't have that much to say about this one, I'm going to conspiracy theory. Uh, Epstein, Epstein, Budweiser, Epstein. Don't have any good conspiracy <clears throat> theories about Jeffrey Epstein yet. I am going to say what I think the major set piece in the next Transformers movie is going to be. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, and we can check in on this on the next one. Having not seen that movie in like 15 years, I think the grand finale is a huge showdown at a dam. Like, I think they Mm. just drive the whole way to a dam. And then, for some reason... Everything at the dam comes to life, and it's really silly. Like, the Pepsi vending machine is a Transformer, and an Xbox is a Transformer, so there's, like, stupid product placement, and they all are fighting the Autobots, too. And anyways, I don't know if any of that's right. I was... Kids don't do drugs. I was on a lot of drugs in high school the one time I've seen the movie. And that is my memory of it. So that is Paco's prediction corner for the next Wait, movie. Well, I, I for Jason's uh, prediction, I actually remembered really enjoying Transformers when I was in high school because this mu- this came out in well Transformers came out in two thousand seven, so mm-hmm. I was like eighteen, seventeen, and I actually remembered enjoying it quite a bit. But that was like I didn't grow up on Transformers or anything, and I didn't care at all about Michael Bay. Shia LaBeouf for life, even Stevens all the way. But uh, I am going to say that it may not have aged well and that I'm too cynical now at this point. Um, But I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because the island 
is the last movie that is not Transformers related for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to, I think while I was watching this, I was also, which by the way, I also rented this for $4. I'll never get back. Dude, it's on HBO. I did a free seven day HBO trial. Oh, well, too late. I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to <laughs> Thanks, support, Marco. I wanted to support the, uh, <laughs> the artists. I wanted yeah. to support yeah. the artists, the starving artists. Um, hey, man, those grips need money too. But I mean, if I was don't get those points on the back end, oh. I, uh, before I, before we close out, I wanted to just pull attention to never give a woman your credit card and backpacks are for boys. Purses are for girls. Yeah. Oh my that God. Was, um, that was a pretty those, one. those ones were pretty out there too, where you're like, okay, what, like it was what, 2000. What, what's this doing here? And, and I think again, the biggest crime of the Island is, well, one of them is, you called your movie the island that that is just a bad marketing ploy of um you know i I was talking to someone uh letting them know that i was watching the island and informing them of how exciting my life is and they thought i was talking about the leonardo dicaprio movie the beach and i'm like go figure the just today i talked to uh the coffee shop owner across the street from my place and he thought the exact same totally he's like that leonardo dicaprio joint i'm like I wish, but it's uh, it's just like that's why a movie. It, that is a much better movie. It's still not very good, but it's yeah, a lot better. It's corny, but but, it's but, great. but you're like okay, I get the context of why the island, okay, why you chose that, but it it's just it didn't really help this movie. And I mean, this movie was a success. Clearly, it wasn't a huge smash nah, hit. I mean, it was um, not really. But I no, mean, it, it at like least it made its worst. budget. Back. It made its budget and back. more. So I mean, it, it did it a did well more. enough, but it just is so unremarkable that I couldn't even recommend it to anyone who likes action movies or like it's not even like a thinker's sci-fi movie. It's not, it doesn't have the like slow burn of THX eleven thirty eight. It's made for babies. Babies. It's made for the clones in this movie. Because well, everyone else will have seen this before. But there's also, like, they reference the script. Like, there's a moment where it's like, oh, uh, they reference, like, Foundation. Like, Asimov's Foundation. And, and like, they there's all these, like, tiny little references where I feel like they got an encyclopedia and looked up sci-fi terms. or sci- Like, yeah, let, right. let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know, pay reference to something. You know, because there were parts of this that felt like they were trying to go for, like, a Philip K. Dick mindfucky, like... Oh, the island is really nothing, and you're clones, and da 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 da. When really it just fell flat because you just didn't care. The world wasn't real. The t- the tans hella hella weren't real. Mm-hmm. Um, the chemistry wasn't real. The and coloring wasn't real. The yeah. coloring was just off. Um, but more than that, it's just it, all I can say again is just it's unremarkable. Uh, of all the movies we've seen so far, this is the only one that I was like, I just. I'm so flatlined about it. Like I, I really don't remember it. I'm not gonna remember it ten years from now. It's just kind of like a weird uh, transition movie from um, Michael Bay's, uh, you know, career in this setting, um, and especially being post Bruckheimer at this point, to the Transformers humongous like career that he undertook afterwards. Which of course he made you know, smaller movies like Pain and Gain and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Transformers took up a bulk of his life after this, and it's going to be interesting to sort of see how he developed as a filmmaker or just kind of... This isn't encouraging. 
Because of course. The primary concerns I had with this movie, I think, are only going to be exacerbated by Transformers movies. CGI replacing practical action, making the action less interesting. Characters I don't give a shit about, which I know is true because... Bumblebee. Shia Come LaBeouf. on. Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. <clears throat> I mean, th- that is a good point, too. I, I, I am curious to see how well a um, movie like Transformers, which relies heavily on the CGI, how well the special effects actually hold up after all these years. Like, because the island is not promising with that. It's super no. obvious. I mean, and, you know, there are, what, five Transformer movies? And they've mm-hmm. progressively gotten better. But I am curious to see. How a 2007 CGI heavy Michael Bay movie is going to look. It was only two years after The Island. Yeah, exactly. And that's. Which, another thing I was curious to get your guys' opinion on is like, if Spielberg, after the kind of the failure of The Island, uh, as since Bad Boys won on up into The Island. It's his successive movies, box office wise, have kind of continuously dropped. The island being the absolute worst, making its budget back, but only um, what like uh, forty Barely. million dollars. Yeah, more after that. And as we've discussed in podcasts before, you kind of need to make three times your budget in order to actually make a profit. If from what I understand, the Transformers franchise was sort of passed on to Michael Bay through Steven Spielberg being like, hey, I recommend this guy because I don't want to do the Transformers movies. I don't have time. I have other things I want to do. Give it to Michael Bay. If that opportunity wasn't given to Michael Bay, do you think with with the filmography he had up to the island, would anyone in Hollywood really want to hire him again do you think he would have i think he would have been done as well as he has that's an interesting question I think he would have been forced to go do something like pain and gain sooner because that's a smaller movie with a smaller budget yeah very true um but yeah because pearl harbor bad boys 2 and the island were all financial disappointments to a degree um, I, no longer given that blank check. I, I don't know. I think that shout out. I, <laughs> I think that he would have gone in a different direction that would have still maintained his prowess as like a big budget filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could easily see him helming a Fast and Furious movie mm-hmm. because he has that same style. He has that same like dynamic that seems to be prevalent in those movies. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he. He could have been the front runner for that franchise if he didn't receive Transformers. Transformers is kind of a weird movie to choose, like looking ahead to that series. When you look at these movies up to this point, I would not have assumed a big franchise movie of that kind. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's kind of like geeky, for lack of a better term, no judgment, obviously, but it, it just is not. He seems like the type of person who would have picked on someone for liking Transformers. Yeah. That the idea of him... Um, I think he just needed a softball. I think he felt like it'd be an easy make its money back and get him back in the good books in Hollywood. But but then, like again, like I don't remember a lot of these, and the things I do remember I didn't like at all. But I don't know if he would have developed 
so much of these Transformers movies if he didn't have some sort of heart in place for the source he, material. He or... does not like them. Uh, he keeps trying to quit, and they keep bringing him back. <laughs> oh my gosh, Why? that's that like, sounds like an action movie. Pain and Gain was financed because they said, okay, if you if we let you make this movie, then you have to make Transformers Four for us. Uh, something similar happened, I believe, with the Benghazi movie, Thirteen Hours and Transformers 5 but he keeps saying he's not making any more of them but he produces and then they them find... or something like, no no he then he's Bumblebee still the spinoff or well yeah but that's just like a... I don't think he actually has much to do at that point that's like a but it's not like a Bumblebee phone that the, the you know staff call him on and ask him you know what you know Bumblebee's <laughs> motivations would be like he's not just like yeah. a, an associate producer mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a Bumblebee phone sorry should we get Haley Stein yeah um. Yeah. So he hates them, but he just keeps coming back. Not more than I do. Well, we don't know yet. Well, that's true. true. Well, okay. How about this? Um, what do you think you are going to get out of the Transformers movie? At least the first one. Like, are you excited to watch it? Like, do you remember? Did Evan? Did you see it when no, it came I, out at all? I and even when it did come out, even at that age, what was I? In yeah, that was like sophomore year of high school when that movie came out. I had no interest. I immediately saw the trailer and was like, this is um, probably going to be very dumb. And gar- Well, this was also the, sort of the time when I was getting into actual, like caring about films. And my parents were bringing home, like, we, like especially my stepdad, bringing home, like, interesting foreign films and stuff like Triumph that. So I was like, yes, <laughs> quite on. <laughs> But, um, which I thought was fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, it was one of those. I definitely saw it and I was like, ah, it's going to be a dumb movie. Never had any interest in seeing it. Never saw any of it. Maybe flipping through channels back in the day and like seeing a couple scenes, but immediately just going like, I have no interest. This See, I just looks like, like it's going to be a big showmanship, I don't know, action film. See, like, a friend's dad rented it, and we got, like, a pizza, and it was like, okay, maybe I liked it because I was eating pizza at the time, because that's <laughs> that sounds like a Jason move, but um, I'm kind of interested to see it, at least the first one, because I do maintain that, like, I remembered liking the first one, just as I remembered liking Bad Boys 2, which I still kind of like, mm-hmm. but I also remember renting the island and kind of liking it, too, but... Now looking back, I'm like, this is such a vanilla movie. Meaning, it, there's just no, it's basic to the point of mm-hmm. disrepair. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, there's no nothing good I can say and nothing bad. It's just just there. It exists, um, and I'm I'm hesitantly curious to see the first Transformers movie. I'm fatigued at this point. I don't know if we're halfway through the filmography of Michael Bay at this point. We but will be after the first Transformers. And, and coincidentally, this is where I think it, it's going to be the longest slog through uh, his filmography. This is the one thing we've been not looking forward to, the long walk, as it were. And uh, I hope that you'll be with us throughout this whole journey, dear listener. How do you feel, Paco? I feel excited to see where we go next week um join us then as we talk transformers as always please remember to rate review and subscribe unless you don't like us then just subscribe send hate mail too 
Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please. I, I need something to keep me in line. Through Twitter, so it's public. Yeah. Well, oh, they've got DMs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess as a, a final thought, Paco, I feel like progressively throughout this podcast, due to your back injury, you have just increasingly become the uh, the the pained old man who's like I'm ready to not talk about this these Christmas <laughs> yeah. friends from I didn't movies. have anything to say about the island and I have nothing further uh, <laughs> yeah. the rate review and subscribe damn it the <laughs> island <Sorry>. has been <laughs> challenging for that reason I have <laughs> been laid up with a back injury that's made me cranky and the movie was just not very good yeah that one definitely is cranky worthy I will say I am looking to Transformers, looking forward to it, in the hopes that because it, it's much it's much more well reviewed than the island. And I went to the island with high hopes, mm-hmm. which were dashed most expertly. Um, so well, it's like I don't even like cars. I don't care about semi trucks. Yeah. I don't like Deception, or Decepticons for that matter. I, do I like... just don't care. Like, you're mixing all these things that I really don't care about. I remember a friend of mine in elementary school had a Transformer, and I thought it was not as cool as my Batman action figure. Because I got it... so mad at this first Transformers movie, I just remembered, because I was punk as fuck in high school. And Crass dog. They had a <laughs> Misfits poster in Shia LaBeouf's room. Did they really? And I remember being like, that fucking poser. Yeah, right. Uh, so you you don't know if Shia LaBeouf was like you know into uh, I misfits. don't think I don't Sam Witwicky is. Like Witwicky looked like a Danzig fan. <laughs> we'll see. I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, do tune they play Misfits <laughs> in the Transformers movie? Like, please let me know that it, it like the ending credits are like no, you know, they don't do anything with it. It's just there as set design. Hello, <laughs> Transformers <laughs> way. <laughs> Lead, lead us off, Captain O' Captain, Paco. Our Ahab. Rate reviews? Anyway. I already said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Say All goodbye. Right. To Bye, this, everybody. This is now we'll turning, see you next week. And for the Transformers podcast, we are officially changing from the Vulgar Auteurs to Transformer. The Vulgar Autobots. Vulgar Ooh. Autobots, eh? Copyright, Cinemeca. That's not a deception.